This week, I'm going to do my first ever movie review on this podcast. Here is how I will review movies. The voice you're hearing right now is my voice seconds before watching the movie in question. After the theme song, the next voice you will hear is my voice seconds after watching the movie. You will be listening to my immediate reactions to the film, and this will all culminate to my full review of this movie. And this week, in anticipation of Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm going to be reviewing Spider-Man 2, which is arguably considered one of the greatest Spider-Man films ever made. I'll be the judge of that. So with that said, sit back and relax. You are about to listen to my review of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, only on Marshall's Bazaar. Hello, people of the universe, and welcome to another episode of Marshall's Bazaar, starring me, Marshall Brown. And here we are, I have just seen Spider-Man 2, on my TV, all the way through. <laughs> you know, I didn't even mean that to, to rhyme, and now somehow I feel like that's going to be a reoccurring thing. But either way, um, yeah, I have just seen the film, I am now recording this seconds after the credits have rolled, and I have my uh, review notes in my hand. For the sake of authenticity, I'm doing this all in one take, and I am now going to give my reaction and disclose my entire review of the film, and I'm going to just tell you my thoughts. You know, every once in a while, everybody, you know, fantasizes about superheroes trying to save the entire world from peril, from supervillains. It's, it's a comic style that everybody has taken a great affinity to, especially when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But before that, before all of that, Marvel went bankrupt and sold their properties off, and their Spider-Man franchise went to Sony Pictures, which was Columbia at the time. And the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy began with Spider-Man 2 being the film that was put into commission. And I have said before that this is my favorite Spider-Man film. People have said that this is the best Spider-Man film to date pre-Spider-Man Homecoming. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is a really, really well done, great movie. And... Uh, I guess I should start by getting into the premise. So, this is a direct sequel to Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, otherwise known as Spider-Man 1, or just Spider-Man. <laughs> um, so, Spider-Man 2, what happens? Peter Parker has got his hands full with everything he's got going on, including his new superhero persona. The beginning of the film literally harps on Peter Parker so much. He loses his job. He is technically fired from, you know, J. Jonah Janison's uh, Daily Bugle thing before pulling out a Spider-Man pick from nowhere, just making an extra 300 which kind of gets him out of debt. I mean, he has his birthday, but then the, you know, you know Aunt May's place gets completely, you know, foreclosed on. I, I say you know a lot, but again, for the sake of authenticity, I just got to do this in one take, post-reaction. Um... And, you know, everything takes off from there. The whole theme of this movie is duality. Whether or not you should accept that which is your superhero responsibility or give that up to be the person that you realistically could be 
if this were a world without Spider-Man. He's got his school to worry about. He's got his life to worry about. And he's got his relationship with Mary Jane, which he kind of squanders from the first movie by being too afraid to take that risk of being in a relationship with Mary Jane Watson, uh, afraid that all of his enemies would come and get her knowing that she's a... You know, the love interest of Spider-Man, which is understandable, to be honest. And the kid is going through a whole lot. I say kid because this is a college kid we're talking about. And many people have criticized the Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi trilogy at least, for being a movie where the uh, lead character, uh, played by Tobey Maguire, by the way, cries just way too much. And in the second movie, I think I see the actual... Honestly, maybe what could be the least amount of crying. It's the third one where he cries the most. I don't want to even think about the third one, but I just want to really bring it all back together. I want to just tell you the main takeaways that I've had from this movie by clarifying something, actually. The Blu-ray that I watched was not necessarily Spider-Man 2. It was Spider-Man 2.1. And as you can see by the title of the podcast, that's basically what I'm reviewing. There are a few key differences from the 2.1 release of Spider-Man in the original. Um, the m biggest difference is the action scenes being prolonged and a few deleted scenes being added in. And honestly, I think they make sense. There's this funny scene where J. Jonah Jameson dances around in Spider-Man's costume after Spider-Man's given up and thrown away his costume in the trash. And I gotta say, the casting done with J.K. Simmons as... Uh, J. Jonah Jameson, I think is just perfect. The guy basically exudes everything that the character, you know, just represents. The the short temper, the, you know, mean boss of the newspaper company, the stereotypical comic book uh, side character from days of old. I, I really think he pulls the part off very well. And that extra scene that was added in, I think, just adds a little bit of uh, cherry flavor to the bread and butter. Uh, it's very funny. And honestly, I think this particular Marvel movie is definitely very Marvel-esque. And Sam Raimi's direction with the picture um, definitely shows. It's got a lot of comic stylings, a lot of, you know, zoomed-in scenes that sort of, you know, if you were to pause them, they kind of you know, emulate what you would see in a comic book. And I think that's generally the direction that Sam Remy wanted to take with his frantic edits. Um, and it really comes off very, very well. And, you know, apart from the very worn out Stan Lee cameo that everybody who's anybody has gotten used to from seeing all the Marvel movies, I think this movie is definitely very Marvel-esque, especially with a few tongue-in-cheek moments. Even after seeing this movie as a kid, I come back to this movie today, and then there's a part where J. Jonah Jameson is trying to think of a name of this menace with eight arms that's walking around the city, and, you know, they throw a couple names out. Of course, Dr. Octopus, you know, I think one of the other names was... Uh, the Sinister Squid or whatever, but then his friend suggests, oh, how about we call him Doctor Strange? And it's so funny because they made a Doctor Strange movie, and that's just a sly Marvel reference that has just grown with age very well. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, in terms of this movie, one of the reasons why I think it is definitely the best is because I've noticed a lot of great callbacks to the first movie. It really builds upon the story. I think a good example of this is... The scene where there's a giant building on fire and Peter Parker goes in for the second one um, 
without his Spider-Man costume. And I really like that scene because he goes in and he really shows his true heroism without a mask to try and cover his fear. You could really see it in his eyes. In the first movie, he does go into a burning building and save a baby, but he does it as Spider-Man, so it doesn't necessarily have as much gravitas and weight to it. This movie means a lot more when it comes to that scene just because he goes in by himself even after he's given up on being Spider-Man. Like the whole entire thematic element of the movie that really does call into question whether or not you should be a hero. That's a great callback to the comics, to the first movie. Without going too frantic, I gotta say it's a very well-written piece. It's very nice. Of course, this isn't a perfect movie, despite the fact that the action is also very well done. I, there are a few things I didn't necessarily care for. Um, one of the big things is, of course, just the general cheese of the movie. There are a few awkwardly written lines, and there are a few moments that come off as just, ugh, really? Really, dude? Like, if there's one thing I, you know, love about the movie so much, it's the subtlety. Okay, I'm being very sarcastic. This movie is anything but subtle. Of course, they've written it to the point where it's very easy to follow, but there's this one scene where he can't stop thinking about Mary Jane, and then Mary Jane's poster from the play she's in is just posted everywhere. That's just over the top to the point where it's just funny. Um, either way, I'm pretty sure that they were just trying to keep it like it was a comic book since this is a comic book movie. And at that time, comic books were still kind of seen as kid stuff. So I can see – I can understand why they would take the writing like that. But there are a couple of other points that kind of bog down the movie. Again, uh, you know, these are points that I didn't like, but I want to reiterate that these are just – nitpicks like I love this movie to death like 9 out of 10 material honestly but let's talk about Mary Jane's astronaut fiance she gets engaged to J. Jonah Jameson's son I believe his name was John Jameson I could barely remember because the character shouldn't have even been there like wouldn't it be awesome if this were like another character that meant so much to Peter Parker to which he has even more of a motivation to try and shoot for what he was after what if they tried playing around with the relationship with uh, Harry Osborn again they don't do that but um you know they just get some generic dude for you know no other reason whatsoever but to just have him be someone that Mary Jane runs away from in the last scene and again I probably should have given a spoiler alert, but of course, it's a movie review. There are going to be spoilers. I think that's just something we got to take from that. But, you know, again, just a few nitpicks here and there. I do appreciate the cheese. It can get a little bit iffy here and there, but that's the way that Sam Raimi did it, and I think it really plays into his favor with this second movie. It's a little bit more mature than the first one. I did mention the action is great, way better than the first one, if you've ever seen the first one. The effects are a bit rubbery, and it just looks, it just comes off as just cheesy, like if this were Power Rangers or something like that. Let me just focus on a couple more points that I want to make. In terms of the things that I think really sell this movie, it's got to be the interaction between um, Spider-Man and the main villain in this movie, uh, Dr. Octopus, who is a conflicted man who is twisted by the dreams he wishes to capture. And it really does come as a nice offshoot to Peter Parker with his dreams of trying to be with Mary Jane Watson and when he's trying to shoot after shoot to after I uh, 
can't do a second take. It's got to get done on the first try for the sake of authenticity. <laughs> All right. Um, but to close things down, it's a great relationship. I really think the plot points in the movie were hit on very nicely. It's all well written together, and the morals that come from that really do show a lot about heroes and what they got to go through. It's definitely relatable. I mean, amongst other things, James Franco's character, uh, Harry Osborne, I think he plays that somewhat well because he's just still saddened by the death of his father and he's just going through that. Um, okay, one more thing and then I'm done. One more thing and then you can just go back to like thinking about what the hell Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be like. Um, Kirsten Dunst's character, uh, Mary Jane Watson, she definitely seemed like a hopeless romantic. Like a very, very hopeless romantic. I'm not trying to, you know, come off as condescending at all, but she definitely thinks about herself a little bit too much. Not as much in this movie in the Spider-Man trilogy, but in just giving my opinion about the movie that I just saw, she felt just sad that Peter wouldn't date her and stuff. And because of that, she just tries to fill that empty hole with, I guess, some other man. <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense that the, you know, other boyfriend fiance in this movie is a little bit useless. I'm thinking about this too much. I just want to bring this back to the very beginning, and I want to just reiterate that this movie, Spider-Man 2.1, or, you know, just 2 without all the other negligible scenes, is a great movie, a great Spider-Man movie that really does treat the character with gravity, respect, and a lot of sincerity. And furthermore, the action and the direction that has been taken with this movie by Sam Raimi and the rest of the team is just very well done. It's a fun movie to watch. It really keeps me on the edge of my seat. I absolutely love this movie, and I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it before, especially when it comes to the fact that we're getting yet another Spider-Man movie from the studio. I mean, to really sum things up... If you really, really, really want to see a heartened and loving adaptation of this character that also includes a great cameo by Bruce Campbell, you'll definitely love this. Pop the Blu-ray in for yourself and check it out. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Marshall's Bazaar. I want to thank you so much for listening, and especially if you listened through all of my you know, reactions and review stuff through the whole way through. Um, if you like this, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to follow me on SoundCloud where more episodes of Marshall's Bazaar will be posted weekly. With that said, next week, you guessed it, with the release of Spider-Man Homecoming, I will be giving my review on that next week. That is going to be the next episode, Spider-Man Homecoming. My review, my thoughts, and everything that comes in between. And I might be posting this a little bit, or the next episode, I might be posting that a little bit later, depending on when I actually see the movie, because that's in up in the air, but still, I want to thank you guys so much for watching. Be sure to follow me on other bits of social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, keep it right here on SoundCloud for brand new episodes of Marshall's Bazaar, and keep the conversation going. Did you like the movie? Tell me your thoughts in the comments. With that said, I'm going to go. Marshall Brown, out!